I do believe that people kind of overlook how important imagery is. And so when it comes to entertainment, that is one of the ways that people put a general fact, quote unquote, out into the world. And so when it comes to entertainment, especially for me, between entertainment and fashion, a lot of the time when it comes to um, the idea of wealth, the idea of privilege, the idea of beauty, the idea of freedom, uh, color, people of color, women of color are not often included in that conversation. everybody and welcome to another episode of Balancing the Bars. Um, it's such an honor having you guys in this space with us for another episode and another season and I am happy to be joined by my girl, my co-host. Abina Gomes. <laughs> She's like, Abina Gomes. I'm like, I'm here. <laughs> and we have a special person joining us in studio today just 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 tell them your name darling Juanita Bledman and I'm happy to be here <laughs> and um we, we have a foreigner in the house let's just say that <laughs> no <I'm> not. <laughs> but Juanita is really Guyanese by yes, to the bone to the bone yes and um she is an international model just tell them a bit about yourself Juanita hmm Model always seems to go before because before like the it, it is such apart like apart yeah. from <laughs> <laughs> apart from being a model and yes I work internationally um, I'm soon to be a published author and um, completing my certification as a life coach and other than that I'm a fun amazing woman that's Guyanese yes you if are. I should say so myself. <laughs> um, she she's bringing the sauce today, y'all, and I am so excited for this episode. Um, today we're talking about a topic that I think each and every one of us on this panel can relate to. Mm. Um, today, um, colorism in the entertainment industry—is it colorism? Is it prejudice, or is it just plain old preference, as we like to say it? And I think we need to. You are. A fitting guest mm -hmm. for this conversation, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, I think I think we should just get started with it. Diving right in, yeah. Uh, what has your experience been um, in the industry? Because you model, you you've traveled not just in the U.S. but you've yeah. traveled around the world, yeah. um, working. Okay. For me personally, I I'm just gonna I guess say this as the intro first before I actually answer your question. I do believe that people kind of overlook how important imagery is. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to entertainment, that is one of the ways that people put a general fact, quote unquote, out into the world. And so when it comes to entertainment, especially for me between entertainment and fashion, a lot of the time when it comes to um, the idea of wealth, the idea of privilege, the idea of beauty, the idea of freedom, uh, color, people of color, women of color are not often included in that conversation. So 
for example, for a long time ago, especially when I first started getting into modeling, women of color were usually objectified and sexualized. Yeah. And so a lot of Playboy stuff or certain type of men's magazines, certain type of music videos, black women were preferred. Now it's a little bit different because we've spoken up. We've said, hey, we would like you to see us for us and for the value that we bring. Moving to America as a Guyanese, uh, the conversation of colorism is very different. I've never had to introduce myself as a black woman. I've never had to think that way. Everyone in my circle is black. Indian or not, you're still black. Okay? Yeah, in <laughs> so, their eyes. In their eyes. Yeah. Oh so God. meeting other black models, you get to see, oh, wow, this is something that is kind of like intense for them. Yeah. Because they have to think about their hair. Okay, I, like I'm on the job, but like, is there any person to do my hair for me? Yeah. Is there any person to do my makeup? All of this type of stuff. And then you're also thinking about, okay, so there's another girl that's up for the job. If she is even lighter, then maybe they'll take her. Or if her hair texture is a lot more curlier, then they'll take her. So in that instance, mm -hmm. in cutting you, when you look at it from that standpoint, mm -hmm. okay, we don't have anyone on the job to deal with the hair texture. Mm -hmm. Is it colorism in that case, or is it just their preference? We prefer using this person mm -hmm. because we have the resources to mm -hmm. deal with this person. Or is it just plain old laziness to not find the persons to deal with the models who have those competence to them? For me, because of my almost seven years of experience, I would say that it's laziness mm -hmm. because I'm well aware that education and everything that you need in terms of resources is out there and it's like this and then the internet makes it even more tangible even more faster and so when people are going to schools for hair or for makeup and things like that my question is always what are you practicing on are you practicing on a person that just has straight hair or curly hair because you thinking that this hair is more manageable is kind of overrated now as long as you know what to do, it will be manageable. Anything can be done with the right resources and the right information. So for me, I think it's a lame excuse. I've had to come out of chairs on sets because people have done crazy stuff to my hair. And I've had longer hair before. Or my skin. They're not using the right products or they're not taking the time. And I've actually been discriminated against just because of my color. Mm -hmm. Once I was um, modeling in Hong Kong. And I had to live there in China for like four months. But they literally did not even look at my portfolio. They didn't even pay me any mind. They actually tried to translate to English that they don't use black models. And in Asia, I'm so serious. <laughs> and in Asia, everything is looking like them. That's one thing like I learned in the process. Of course, in the moment, I felt some type of way, but I'm a person, I like to see like what's there that I can learn. Everything mirrors them. So they cannot have a thing where like they can't be anything. Every commercial, it's them. You're not seeing anyone else. And then, we, then when you go to the US or Europe, it's a lot of white or girls with curly hair. Or if it's dark, it needs to be African or it needs to be a short haircut. Like, Black girls are beautiful in all shades, yeah. but they'll choose somebody just for something for their use. And I feel like colorism at this point is like a weapon almost. It's like I want to say this to the public because they're going to run with it anyway, and so I'm going to just use this. I feel like it's, to me it's not a preference anymore. 
A preference is kind of like, oh, like, I prefer passion fruit juice over cherry. Mm. But black is like, there's like, like this, like, just like enormous amount of beauty in there. And I feel like you can taste the rainbow. You can <laughs> dip in and try. I don't know if it's fear. I don't know what it is. But people just tend to feel like color, especially the darker color, is somehow less than. It's like we can't um, measure up to some ideal and I feel like it's been centuries of history information there and evidence there that proves that we can so I don't understand why people stick to like the narrative in their head that they're better than because of the outside yeah so you're talking about like mm -hmm. the western experience mm -hmm. you know what about right here in mm -hmm. our own backyard that was what i was going to actually ask you mm -hmm. like what was the experience like for you transitioning because mm -hmm. for me personally I am a strong believer in going where you're appreciated. Mm -hmm. So even as I'm here, if I go for a booking or I even go for a job interview mm -hmm. and I see that the organization is going in a certain direction, mm -hmm. I'm going to be like, okay, this is not for me. Mm -hmm. I was in a situation where I was hired because of my skin tone, because of my hair. Mm. And I was even told that I was culturally fit for the organization. Oh, they tried it. So when I like I processed everything and I was actually in the work environment yeah. and I realized what was happening, I realized I was the token black, the token person. black mm. person. And sometimes we often end up as the token black person mm -hmm. and we don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. And we think, oh, we're so lucky. Oh, I'm so happy to have this job. Mm -hmm. But when you sit down and like think about what's happening and why you're there, you realize, mm -hmm. as you said, you're there mm -hmm. to serve a purpose and to send a certain message. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And... The, the funny thing is that that's, that's the reality in Guyana. You're to, we're talking about the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I've always observed, and we talk about it a lot within mm -hmm. our circles, mm -hmm. uh, being models. Mm -hmm. uh, you're here, mm -hmm. you're here on vacation to mm -hmm. work and whatnot. I want you to drive down the streets of Georgetown, mm -hmm. or the East Bank, mm -hmm. or even the East Coast, mm -hmm. and look at the billboards. Mm -hmm. Let's start with the billboards. Mm -hmm. I'm being, I think I'm being modest, modest mm -hmm. in saying 95% of the billboards, they're, they aren't persons that look like you like and us. I. Mm -hmm. Even if it's a light skin, even if it's a, a black person, mm -hmm. it's a mm -hmm. light skin person. Mm -hmm. And I think the sad part about colorism sometimes is that it comes from our people. Mm -hmm. Thinking, okay, the red girl, you know, the red woman trend is popping. <laughs> so we need the red woman that has the the figure and the mm -hmm. curves and the straight hair. And even in the pageant industry, like, oh, yeah. I I went over pageantry last year, mm -hmm. and like you you know that saying, "Come see me and come live with me." It's is, true. Is, is yeah, it's very different. different. And you're thinking that oh, because you possess the talent and you think you have the package, then you know, person should gravitate to you. Mm -hmm. But I have literally seen and experienced that. This lit, even this red is not red enough, mm -hmm. and sometimes this 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 melanin it can yeah. allow me some privilege over mm -hmm. a bean or over mm -hmm. you. We need to be mm -hmm. very cognizant of that. That mm -hmm. sometimes, as a lightest person, we have privilege mm -hmm. over someone of the same race. Mm -hmm. But I have seen the plain old, and I couldn't say that it's pref. I couldn't in that case. I couldn't say you know it's just preference, mm -hmm. like. Just it was very blatant, very, very blatant. I think, too, that also comes from a culture where that has been 
like taught down Mm -hmm. and I don't think as young adults I don't think that people are aware of what they say and how they say it and what they bring into people's lives I don't think that people sit down and think oh what I'm doing here is probably not that great let me just change it Mm -hmm. no like something has to shift drastically like I always think of of well this is something that, that helps me if I know that what I'm doing may not make that person feel good. Like, I think if this was done to me or somebody that I loved, how would that make me feel? And immediately I'll try to think of doing something else or just not doing that at all. I don't think that a lot of persons here have that level of emotional intelligence because a lot of us are ignorant to our privilege as well. And we tend to think that we are better than the other person. But we may not see it because of the skin color, but in other areas, they may say, okay, I am better. So I'm going to act as such. But I think it starts with educating people on the difference between colorism and racism because there's a a thin line between the two and people need to understand how their actions may affect others Mm -hmm. and how they can start to change it so the education is very important but on on that note before we even go to like how how can we fix Mm -hmm. the system for me i'm wondering like what do you do when it comes from within your own circle because Mm -hmm. even in our families i remember when my i have a niece she like has your complexion and I, I would call her Bumblebee. Like when she was first born, we have this thing where we would go and check behind the ears mm. to see, let's see if it will change because for some reason the ears um, helps us to know whether they will get lighter or whatnot. So mm. how do we deal? You've never experienced that? or In terms of the ear thing, I don't know. Maybe someone did it to me and I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. um, in terms of changing it, I feel like I could relate to a story just like that where when I used to live here, my sister, she was bullied for her color when she was like in primary school or something like that. And she always felt, because again, of movies and stuff that we watched on TV, that whiter was better. So she always wanted, like she made up in her mind as a young kid that when she grows up, she's only going to date like a white guy. She felt like, like, and even, this is the funny thing. My dad is the darkest person in our family my mom's a little bit lighter whatever but I have a lot of traits of my dad and so she would tease me my younger sister would tease me of being like the darker person so I'd be called names by her and at first it used to annoy me because I'm older it's whatever but only recently probably like a few months ago she just admitted that she felt like she was some sort of prize Mm -hmm. (laughs) because she was a little bit lighter Mm -hmm. and I felt like the environment that my parents created, especially my mom, didn't allow that to grow. So I feel like that's where it should start. I feel like nationally, there's an environment that feeds that type of stuff. If nationally, a lot of opportunities are given to people that are Indian versus black, then that will continue to give the narrative that they're better. That's gonna tell the rest of the nation that they are more capable and that is a flat out lie. So I think it starts by changing the environment and then getting new information in there. Because I don't think, I feel like some people believe that this country is kind of like just like a bubble and that's it. Get out there and travel, people. Like, read more. I don't think people read enough, but that's just my (laughs) opinion. Get out there and read more. Like, stop spending enough time on, like, YouTube. Like, really get to see 
how other people in the world think and react to things like that. Like, Africa is beautiful. I think people should go and try it. Go and see. And you will see even, like, the darkest of, of people. And they're not treating each other like that. Until I moved to the States, it's when I actually had this whole thing of dark skin versus light skin. Mm -hmm. I literally had somebody that was trying to date, Lord forgive me for that, <laughs> that he said to me that I don't really date dark skin girls, but you're an exception. Mm -hmm. And my dumb self, girl, thought that I was special. Oh, mm -hmm. I know. Mm -hmm. Lord forgive me for that again. And then he would make it seem so bad for me to be like like for him to like have to settle to date me because everything else was great it's just that I was black and mm. I'm just like mind you his mother is black honey and he was just red skin that's it and that happens a lot that's in our it. culture it definitely happens a lot I think um for example my younger siblings they came from a private school in Georgetown where they didn't really discuss, like, the because the, everybody considered everybody rich. So once you were at the school, like, oh, you were yeah. treated at a certain level. Like, you call it in matter. Yeah. So, and that's another thing in the culture. Once you're black and you have money, you tend to get up to a certain level as well, too. So they went from that environment where it was like, okay, they didn't really discuss the whole, oh, you're black, you're Indian type of thing, to a public school over the river among little Indian kids whose parents probably feed that narrative to mm -hmm. them. So one of them looked at my younger brother and said, you're black. He was like, I'm not black. Black is a color and my skin and black. So him and his young mind didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. But my parents had to sit down with them and have the conversation, explain that this is, not, of course, not to uh, that extent. Mm -hmm. But it's not to sit and explain to them that this is what's happening and give them these positive affirmations to remind themselves that Yes, you are darker. Yes, this is the body that you were born with, but you still need to love yourself. So nobody can tell my brother or my sister anything at this point. Mm -mm. So with her, it's like, oh, I am. I have this skin tone, I love, but I, I am. I love her confidence. I am actually. beautiful because she's a bit thicker and on the um, like a brown skin side, and she has these big eyes. So it's all about her learning to love herself, and I think that's what's important that we try to teach children from young. Yeah. Because, I mean, the adults are going to be a bit harder mm -hmm. to, to get that into their brain. But we start with the children and help them to understand that this is who you are. This You should love that about yourself and embrace and love that about other people as well, too. I'm glad you mentioned about children and teaching them from young. But I remember coming across something a few months ago. It's called the doll test when I think we had the Black Lives Matter movement, like, mm -hmm. way up there. And I came across it, and there... They had like dolls lined up, the light, the lighter ones, the darker ones, and had children pick mm -hmm. like which doll they think is is the prettiest, yeah. and the children automatically went to the lighter one, and like why? Because they asked like, why do you think the lighter mm -hmm. one is the pr the, pr the prettier one? And they're like, because it's lighter, mm -hmm. or because that's black. So mm -hmm. I, I feel like. Like, I'm wondering, because I saw that, and we're talking about education, mm -hmm. educating children from small, mm -hmm. and some of them, you know, it's not mm -hmm. pretty, lighter isn't always prettier, darker, darker isn't ugly, but for me, I'm, like, wondering, like, why is it just there in the psyche mm -hmm. as a child that, you know, I don't think lighter is prettier? Yeah, I, I also don't believe that people are very cognizant of how kids are, like, sponges they absorb, even, like, 
even if they can't speak, they're taking everything in. And that's why I said earlier, imagery is important. Mm -hmm. Just because they're not responding to that in the early stages doesn't mean that they haven't taken that in. Like, they feel stuff, like they sense stuff. And so if you're watching, let's say, a cartoon character, kids love to watch that stuff, if all the characters are white or mm -hmm. fair skin, Definitely. and then people are responding to them in a loving, fun way, acceptance, excited, they're going to think that that's better. It makes sense, yes. So I think that that's one. I think, too, again, environment plays a huge role. How your family members and your friends respond to you and what they see amongst like their family members too mm -hmm. like I've known of horrible stories where like certain family members literally cut other people out because they look a certain way mm -hmm. and they might not have done them anything so it's like little things like that to me knowing for a fact that a little and a little becomes a lot <laughs> to try to take down something that's a lot you have to do it little yeah. by little. One wonder, he definitely builds down. <laughs> <laughs> but on that note, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue with the conversation. So stay tuned. Hey guys, so welcome back to Balancing the Bars. Um, we're talking about colorism, specifically in the entertainment mm -hmm. industry, um, sharing our experiences, where do we go from here? But before we get to the solutions, because as we said in our last episode, it's not just about talking, mm -hmm. talking about the problems, but solutions. Mm -hmm. um, Renita, earlier you were talking about your experience with a date where you ask God for forgiveness. <laughs> um, and I came across something a few days ago on the shade room. Um, There's this guy who <coughs> was talking about his preference. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, he likened women or black women onto a toaster, mm -hmm. saying his preferred shade is a Halle Berry. He mm -hmm. wouldn't date a Serena Williams mm -hmm. and his co-host was asking him, what about a Gail King? Mm -hmm. And he was like, no, she's out of my league. You know, mm -hmm. she has to be like a Halle Berry or whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> you know, like when you uh, say that... For I'm me, that's not even preference anymore. That yeah. That is not... You can't even put that in the category of preference. That yeah. is plain old colorism. And I'm... Yeah, it is. It is. I... And it was a white man. Okay. That's interesting. Mm. Judging from the fact that I have eaten a lot of Skittles in my life, and I don't have a preference. <laughs> I, I don't I'm have. start saying that. <laughs> judging from the fact that I, I don't have Skittles. a favorite <laughs> color in the packet. I just go for whatever I'm mood in. Um, <laughs> there's just something. There's just something about chocolate for me. Mm. Okay, that just does it. Uh, but that's like after I've tried like a couple packets of Skittles. Mm. A couple packets of Skittles or some of the flavors in the mm -mm. in the packet she of Skittles. She said what she said. Okay. <laughs> I said what I said. 
Um, I just feel like for men, I feel like that's a whole other conversation and maybe we can have a man come in and talk about that because how they date, how they choose a wife is totally different from how we go about dating and choosing a guy. I don't know if colorism is like that thing that's like top ranking on their uh, list, but I do know that when it comes to that particular topic, it does make us women feel a certain type of way. Whether you identify as black or not, I feel like when you just come for me based on my color, then you kind of exempt me from whatever else I would have been able to offer. But that's fine, because at least I don't have to dump you. So that's great. I feel like the second part of I told y'all this girl comes to the sauce, (laughs) but go ahead. I feel like the second part of things is just conversation. I love talking, and I feel like that opens up a lot of realities. Like, just because I may have migrated, I may have a a whole other world to talk about compared to somebody who is local. And so I feel like it's that simple when it comes to heavy conversations that we may not understand. Because you would have received it, held on to it in a different way than I would have ever done. So I feel like that's like a whole kind of like the starter part of like a solution is to talk. I do feel that ignorance plays a really big part. And I don't want to say ignorance and have any of our listeners feel like I'm calling you stupid. Ignorance simply just means that you know little or nothing at all. That is the meaning of the word. And so I have been ignorant in my life as well. And when it comes to our daily lifestyles, we kind of just move. Like if things are normal, like people may think, oh, it is normal for me to date a certain person or eat at a certain place. And you wouldn't want to try it unless something, again, changes, something makes you want to shift. And I feel like growth allows you to do that, and that's if you want to. There are people who literally think, and again, racism and colorism, there's a thin line, but there are people in their hearts, in their souls, think that they are better because they are whiter, because they are lighter. And there is no amount of conversation you can have with them that common sense will come in. Mm -hmm. Even if you say to them, there is evidence, tangible evidence, that what you're seeing is a lie. Mm -hmm. To me, that's why now I've just created a narrative of my own that people who continue to perpetuate racism and colorism, it's a mental disorder. Mm. And that might be a very heavy thing to say, but to me it is because mentally you have given yourself this truth that you are going to continue to pursue and live by that the outside world is showing you with proof that you can touch, that it is not so. It's like me running around saying, I can fly, I can fly. I have no feathers. I have nothing that can prove to you that I can fly. But I'm running around saying that. You look crazy. <laughs> it might be a mental you health disorder. To me, to me, it is. And I think, too, it's a dangerous one. Yes. Because you're going to teach that. Even if you don't willingly teach it in your mannerisms, in the way you treat people, you are teaching that. And then you're teaching that to your seed, and then that seed is going to teach, and then that seed is going to teach. And now we have other mentors. Like we're just passing on a baton, a baton of colorism, of prejudice, of racism. Especially when, to me, when we really put your, um, your thought process under a microscope, and we really just ask you questions, just to probe. 
And you can't even give, and it's not me saying that it's not valuable. I mean, actually coming up with something of substance mm -hmm. just because it's not a, um, <laughs> it's not a valid answer. Yeah. You really need to come with something. I think regardless of where you are in life, regardless of what your thought process is, you should always be open-minded. Mm -hmm. And if somebody's presenting something in a different perspective or a different light, you should always be open to at least understand. You don't have to take it as gospel, but you should actually be able to sit and have mm -hmm. that conversation and be able to try to see it from their perspective. Because we're not always right. And what we think isn't always the reality of the situation. Mm -hmm. Especially if you don't live it and you don't experience it you can't tell someone else how they're supposed to feel mm -hmm. Definitely. That is true. um i'm i'm sitting here thinking and the edu the educational aspect of it is so mm -hmm. important and a few weeks ago i was actually having a conversation with a friend of mine about colorism that he has experienced in his family and i was wondering like why as parents coming back to um parents checking mm. the ears and my excuse for them, for parents, for grandparents, um, would have been that because they would have experienced that, mm -hmm. that level of racism and colorism. I think there is a fear mm -hmm. of not wanting their children or their grandchildren to experience it. So mm -hmm. for me, I guess that's where that preference of I prefer to have mm -hmm. a lighter skin Mm -hmm. child or grandchild come because we know the experiences that are attached to having a darker skin mm -hmm. so I think it's now having conversations because at this forum it's all about learning mm -hmm. unlearning and relearning and so it's to unlearn what Massa would have told you mm -hmm. that black is ugly that black isn't beautiful mm -hmm. and now teaching that to your children also in the schools, teaching children that so that they can go home mm -hmm. and teach their parents the mm -hmm. same thing as well. So any other final solutions to where do we go from here, especially in the entertainment industry? Because I also believe that black shouldn't just be beautiful when it profits you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because we have seen a lot of that happening. Mm -hmm. Only when it's profitable, we're on the black train. Mm -hmm. You know, so where do yeah. we go from here? I think another thing that we could do and we, not just um, people who are feeling like they're a victim, when you have things to do with entertainment, and I'm going to just speak on things nationally, pageant, whatever it is that people do um, here for entertainment, actually have black casting directors. Mm -hmm. Like, let people who are coming in for the interview see somebody like themselves that's there. It is this sense of, oh, I am welcomed, I can be considered, it's safe here, <laughs> type feeling. Like, because being in a place with just everybody else is not, is not like you is kind of weird. It makes you literally feel But you're, you're talking about nationally, and it is the black people, as you said earlier, it happens right within our own mm -hmm. community, who always overlook a black girl mm. and go for the lighter one. And I think that is too, because on the international level, mm -hmm. they know that... This Black, is what's accepted. This is what is accepted. accepted. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. they're they're not just looking, oh, she's beautiful for the local stage. Mm -hmm. They're looking at on the international stage. Mm -hmm. You might be overlooked. But now because there's so much politics going on, then 
she is the token black girl. Like, you know, yeah. her, her blackness can score her some points. So having persons like us in the room doesn't always guarantee us an opportunity to get selected, selected. which is just the sad reality. I feel like then education is like that bigger, bigger part of it conversation and education and again that openness to listen not just to feel like we're like attacking you when you said that thing first about um like choosing that token black girl a lot of pageants if i'm not mistaken that's recently sent up darker skin girls mm -hmm. it's with some extensions in it's with a wig it's with some blonde tips we don't see us with our natural hair. We don't see us with our natural stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, this might be a little off topic, but um, a family member of mine is about to get married. And I remember that my mom, since I was like a kid, she would always dress culturally to any event. Not in any European wear. African, all the time, all the time. And she looked beautiful, but I would never, to me, I wouldn't overthink it. She looks great. That's my mom. Go, girl. It's until I started getting older that I realized that, like, she always chose to deliberately celebrate her blackness. It didn't matter if anyone complimented her or not. She was good with being black. And now that I'm going to, like, be there with the rest of my family, I was like, I should wear something African, too. Like, I was really trying to think of a dress. I'm like, no. I, I, like, I want to be, like, I want to celebrate that. And I feel like a part of colorism is that people don't get the chance to celebrate their blackness, which is a part of their legacy, which is a part of who they are in their soul. That's their flavor to us. And since there's so many shades, we got different spices yeah. to learn from and to receive from. And so I feel like, getting in a place where we celebrate it and again not for show not for profit but to just know that people love you know that you are welcome know that you're accepted the thing with colorism is that you're putting out this idea of this false narrative that causes that person to not only feel less than but like they question so many other things Colorism is, like, complex. It's not just about skin. Yeah. Like, it goes into culture. Like, there's some cultures that just don't allow to marry darker mm -hmm. or, like, outside of their race. And that's a whole other thing. Yeah. But it's not just about hair and color. Like, it's really, really complex. And I feel like it speaks to, again, the value that that person has to offer. When you exempt somebody, how, like, like how are they supposed to now show up? When you're basically telling them just from the sight of you, mm. it's going to be a hard no for me. Yeah. <laughs> like, sit on that. Like, so you, so you go home and you think, what? So it's knowing that you can't show up because you, may, you don't have a shoes or you don't have the outfit. You cannot show up just because you are black or because your yep. skin is darker. Yep. So I say still show up. <laughs> make I like them that. uncomfortable. Make them uncomfortable. Because that. at the end of the day, as your mother does, mm -hmm. celebrate yourself mm -hmm. and celebrate your blackness. Mm -hmm. I know that sometimes we look for a savior and we're always looking to be accepted, mm -hmm. but sometimes you have to celebrate and accept yourself. Mm -hmm. And if people don't want you to show up or don't want you to let your light shine, 
Yes, I did a plug there. <laughs> if they don't want you to let your sh- light shine, you shine anyways. Yep. Because at the end of the day, it starts with you and what you're feeding yourself. Mm-hmm. Because if you can learn to love yourself, you can pass on that same affirmation to someone else. And who knows? You're making a difference. So I say show up and show out. <laughs> show yeah. up and make them uncomfortable. <laughs> I love that. In all your glory. In all your <laughs> glory. Uh, I can hear brown skin girl just playing in my ears. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. Um, this this conversation can go on and on because oh, colorism does not just take place within the entertainment industry mm-hmm. and so many other spectrums of our life. It's, it's a reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a start and... Um, Continue to educate, whether it's your children, children educate your parents. You know, they, they have this thing that, you know, you can't really change a tree when it's already hard and grow. But I think, I, I think still, I, I still think that there is room for um, understanding and for knowledge to be plugged in there, Always. even though your brain might already be a bit hard, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, guys, thank you so much for joining us on this ep- episode. Um, we will see you back again on the next episode. So remember to follow us on all our social media platforms, download the Go Loud app, the Play Go app, and listen to us there. Listen to us on the go wherever you go. Thank you.